Hello and welcome to Father Luke's homilies. This homily was preached in the Catholic parish of St. Mark's Ipswich for the Feast of the Holy Family 2023. I pray that this homily is of some use to you. God bless you. The Lord be with you. A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Luke. When the day came for them to be purified as laid down by the law of Moses, the parents of Jesus took him up to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord, observing what stands written in the law of the Lord. Every thirstborn male must be consecrated to the Lord, and also to offer in sacrifice, in accordance with what is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. Now in Jerusalem there was a man named Simeon, He was an upright and devout man. He looked forward to Israel's comforting, and the Holy Spirit rested on him. It had been revealed to him by the Holy Spirit that he would not see death until he had set eyes on Christ of the Lord. Prompted by the Spirit, he came to the temple, and when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him what the law required, He took him into his arms and blessed God, and he said, Now, Master, you can let your servant go in peace, just as you have promised, because my eyes have seen the salvation which you have prepared for all the nations to see a light to enlighten the pagans and the glory of your people Israel. As the child's father and mother stood there wondering at the things that were being said about him, Simeon blessed them and said to Mary, his mother, You see this child, he is destined for the fall and for the rising of many in Israel, destined to be a sign that is rejected, and a sword will pierce your own soul too, so that the secret thoughts of many may be laid bare. There's also a prophetess, Anna, the daughter of Phanuel of the tribe of Asher. She was well on in years. Her days of girlhood over. She had been married for seven years before becoming a widow. She was now 84 years old and never left the temple, serving God night and day with fasting and prayer. She came by just at that moment and began to praise God. And she spoke of the child to all who look forward to the deliverance of Jerusalem. When they had done everything the law of the law required, they went back to Galilee, to their own town of Nazareth. (coughs) Meanwhile, the child grew to maturity, and he was filled with wisdom, and God's favor was with him. The Gospel of the Lord. Feast of the Holy Family in Holy Family Church. Happy Feast Day. The Holy Family can seem at times difficult, I think, to speak about and to think about. We are saturated at this time of year with images in Christmas cards and nativities, 
of porcelain-like figures of Mary and Joseph gazing intently on their newborn baby, whose normally blue eyes and blonde curls, somewhat uh, idealistic Western, probably not a very accurate image of the reality of the Holy Family. The Holy Family of Nazareth, Jesus, Mary and Joseph, are put before us by the church this weekend as a model for our own families. We refer to them as holy. Indeed, they are. But that does not mean that they did not have challenges, difficulties, problems. Just as every family has to face problems and overcome them, or, to put it another way, has to carry a cross. So also the Holy Family had to carry their crosses. Suffering is a reality of life, a reality of the human condition. And so suffering is a reality for family life. There's no getting away from that. We do, we're kidding ourselves. The many crosses of the Holy Family come to mind as we read through the Gospels. Let's just think about some of those situations with which the Holy Family had to face. Even Mary herself, very early on in her pregnancy, would have had a challenging time if Joseph was planning to divorce her before the angel intervened in a dream. You only get the sort of thumbnail sketch in the gospel. You don't get all the conversations and the the dynamics and what was said and what was thought. When the time for Jesus' delivery came, it took place in an animal shelter. Most important and stressful moment of a family, of a mother's life, and it happens in a stable. Then we have the Holy Family having to flee from Egypt, refugees, because Jesus' life was in danger due to Herod, much the same way as as refugees from war-torn countries now enter many Western countries. And then Mary and Joseph themselves, losing Jesus for three days. Again, we just skip over that. Three days when he was a 12-year-old boy, with the only satisfaction they got from him that he was about his father's business. Fair enough. And then we do not hear of Joseph anymore in the Gospels after this point. So presumably, before Jesus' public ministry began in Galilee, Joseph had gone to the Lord. The Holy Family suffering the greatest pain of all families, the pain of bereavement, and separation through death. Another issue is Jesus' ministry. Jesus' public ministry must have taken its toll on Mary. Simeon had predicted in the temple that a sword of sorrow would pierce Mary's soul. We can imagine one such occasion as we read in Mark's Gospel that when Jesus returned to Nazareth, his relatives came to take him by force, convinced that he was out of his mind. That's not a very pleasant experience for any family. It doesn't matter how holy you might be called. And so it's significant, I think, really significant, 
The, the church celebrates the feast of the Holy Family in this Christmas octave, octave even, this seventh day of Christmas. Christmas is very much um, a family celebration. Certainly that's what the world would have us believe. Many of us think upon, visit and spend time this season with family. So firstly then, the church is showing us that families are important, crucial in fact. They all come in different shapes and sizes. They're not all biological families. But families are important. God is all about family. He's becoming flesh, required a family to raise him. In fact, God in his nature is family. We could say he's family. He is Trinity, a communion of persons. And the church is family, holy family. But our families, whatever shape and form they are, they are also the church, or at least they can be, should be. The family is often referred to in church teaching as the domestic church. It doesn't mean you focus around on church cleaning and doing chores. That's not what domestic church means. It means it's the first place where we learn about God. We learn how to pray. We learn how to love. It's not perfect. Families are often wounded and broken. And yet, in the mess of it all, God is there with his hope of promise and salvation. It's significant that God did not dispense with the need for a family. He chose to be born into a family to show us that families are places where God dwells, where God is encountered. And of course, this is the Christmas message, that God is with us. And he is with us in the often broken, messy life of our families. So what kept the Holy Family together and sane throughout all of these trials and crosses? The answer, of course, is love. Love for each other and love of God. Jesus' love for Mary and Joseph and Mary and Joseph's love for Jesus and the love all three of them had for God the Father. And what holds our families together also in times of difficulty is love and forgiveness. It is love which triumphs in the end, even if for a while love may have to take the form of some honest talking. Remember, love is not about warm, fuzzy feelings. We're not into fluffy red hearts and Valentine images. That's not love. Love is an act of the will, a definitive choice for the good of the other. It's something we are all called to. When discipline needs to be given, if it's not given in love, then it's reduced to abuse. If ever our families fail in a way, it's because of a lack of love on someone's part. Whenever our families are successful, it's because they are places of love. And this is why the church recognises the family as the domestic church. God is love. And we learn this love ordinarily and ideally, first and foremost, through 
our families. If we don't, then we have to learn it in other ways. But the family should be where we learn the love of God, where we learn how to pray. Indeed, where we learn the way of holiness. And so all our families, all our communions of people should aspire to be holy families in the fullest sense of the term. And again, just so we're qualifying terms, holiness is about wholeness, completeness. It's about being fully alive to God and fully alive to one another. And so our families are called to be schools of Nazareth, where we learn to love God and to love one another. Indeed, this holy family here is called to be a school of Nazareth, learning to love God and to love one another. And so, brothers and sisters, let us pray through the intercession of the Holy Family of Nazareth, that our own families, our own communities, our own communions of love can become places of wholeness, healing, holiness. Indeed, they become dwelling places for the presence of the Almighty God. Amen. Amen. Hello and thank you for listening to my homily podcast. For more information about the Catholic Parish of St. Mark's in Ipswich, go to stmarksparish.org.uk. If you'd like to check out my blog, go to fatherlukegoymore.com. God bless you and see you next time.